Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we listen to the message. It's always a joy to share the Word of God, and I'm really excited to share God's Word with you today. So whether you are at home and you're watching on air or you're online, you are very, very welcome to Watoto Church. I'm excited because we are continuing with our sermon series, The New Life. And last week, Pastor James Lalobo preached a very wonderful sermon talking about the new way of living. And today, we want to talk about growing in the new life. So wherever you are, get your notebook, get your pen, or if it's a tablet or a phone you're using to take notes, please get it and let's get right into God's Word. So let's pray together even as we get into God's Word, shall we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Word. The entrance of your word brings light and it brings life and understanding. So as I share God's word, may I decrease and may you increase. May the hearers of this word never ever be the same again. Lord, would you take this word, plant it deep in their hearts and may their lives never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, Amen. Let's get right into it right now. I'm excited to be sharing about growing in the new life. You see, everyone, everyone on earth wants to live a successful life. Everyone wants to be able to, uh, to enjoy the goodness of life and be successful. But you see, it's not just an easy task. It requires hard work. It also requires for you to be courageous and to have discipline. Many people set out to be successful at something, but I keep asking myself a question. Why is it that few people actually are able to make it? Many people come short on this journey. Every Christian on their journey of life desires to be happy, to be blessed, and to to be just more like Jesus. And this is true because God calls us to be successful. God calls us to be blessed. He wants us to be blessed and enjoy our lives. But we have to put in the hard work. There is something that we have to do in order to grow and see success and fruitfulness in our lives. And sometimes it gets very tricky and very difficult. Like Paul says, he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. You see, there is a deep desire for every Christian who has accepted Jesus to be like Jesus. Think with me for a moment. When you think about the numerous people who have said yes to Jesus and they are now living the new life, I wonder what would happen if everyone who has said yes to Jesus strived to be Christ-like in the way that they live and in the way they carry themselves every other day, I believe the world will be such an amazing place to live. But you see, when it comes to growth, it's not automatic. It's actually a journey. It's a journey that takes intentionality. It actually requires for you to want to know Jesus and love him wholeheartedly. 
it's a very important thing. So you may ask for a moment, why is it so important for me to grow in the new life? Is it all about just being successful and fruitful? Is it just uh, a means of surviving hell and not going to hell? Is that all there is to growing in the new life? Listen, Jesus came to earth. He left heaven and he came to earth as a baby. He lived on earth and he died for your sins and my sins. He was buried and he rose again from the grave. He resurrected from the dead. He did that to save mankind from their sin. But that was not all. Jesus came that you and I may have life and have it abundantly. That's what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to live the abundant life, a fruitful life, a blessed life. But that can only happen when you decide to grow in the new life. And that is very important. So, and so you may ask me at this particular moment, so Pastor Philip, how can I grow in this new life that you are talking about? How can I grow as an individual? Let's get to what the Word tells us in Psalm uh, chapter 1 and verse 1 to 3. This is what it says. It says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands in the path where sinners walk, or sits to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, ready to bring forth fruit in its season, and its leaf shall not fed or wither, and everything he does shall prosper. That's amazing. That's an amazing portion of scripture. And we see three things right here that, uh, that the psalmist is telling us about growing and being fruitful and successful. Number one, he's telling us we have to shun bad company or bad influence. Number two, we have to delight in the word of God. And, and he's also telling us that for us to be fruitful, for us to grow in the new life, we have to be planted in the house of God. Let's see that right there. Let's start with number one. For you and I to grow in the new life, for you and I to be fruitful, for you and I to be successful, we have to shine bad company. I like to say you have to refuse to be party with the wrong crowd. That's why the psalmist opens up by saying, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits with the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on it day and night. Listen, it is true that the people right around you can actually hinder your growth in the new life. The people you do life with can either make you or they can actually break you. It's important for us to look around and see who is around us, who is right around us. Are they the kind that love Jesus and inspire us to just live our lives after him? Or the other kind of people who cause us to turn away from him and shun what he is telling us and, and not be obedient to him. We have to be very, very careful who, you know, is right around us. Actually, when you read Psalm 1, it says that degenerative journey uh, when you don't shun bad company. It starts with, you know, listening to what 
the wrong crowd is telling you. And if you are not careful to walk away, you start to contribute, be a part of it. And before you know, you're actually conforming to what they're doing. It's acceptable to you. But if you are going to grow in the new life, you actually have to be able to shun evil company. You have to shun the wrong crowd. Refuse to be party to the wrong crowd. And this is not just in person, the people you meet with physically. You have to be careful. Who are you listening to? Who are you following online? Because each and every one of those actually influence your life. Actually, Jesus tells us, be careful, guard your heart. Because people who influence you and speak into your life, you take in what they are saying. You take in their thoughts and opinions. And guess what will come out? It will not be pleasing to him. Your actions will not be pleasing. So it's important for you and I to actually watch and shun bad company. It is true. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's what the Word of God tells us. And I would love to just take a moment and... uh, just look back in time and share with you uh, from my personal story. You know, growing up as a teenager, uh, I was in high school, I was about 16 years, ready to do uh, my final exams for my senior four UCE. And uh, just the last time of school, uh, when we reported back to school, there was a party outside the school. I was in a boarding school. And so my friends invited me and said, hey, there's this amazing party that's going to happen. Do you want to be a part of it? And I remember clearly, I, I was not interested. I was actually standing on the side. But because they were my friends, they were the kind of company that I kept, they kept nudging me and convincing me to be a part of this. And so I listened. And to make it sweeter for me, they actually told me, you know that girl you like in school? I said, yes. They said, well, she's actually going to be a part of those coming uh, for that party. And, and, and so I fell for it and joined the crowd and actually jumped over the fence at school and went dancing during the night. The sad thing about this story is who we got found out and we were actually sent home to bring our parents. But when I think about that, I had the wrong crowd around me. When I contrast that to my days at university, I had the right friends around me. I was part of a fellowship. I had just given my life to Christ and was walking with Jesus and I had good friends. They always encouraged me to pray. They were always asking me how I am progressing in my Bible reading. These kinds of friends really helped me to grow in my new life. And so I would love to ask you, who are the people that you're keeping around you? Who are you actually uh, listening to? Who is influencing your life? There's this thing about uh, influencers on Twitter, you know, and on Instagram. But who is your influencer? Who is actually uh, influencing your personal life? Are they the right crowd? And if they are the wrong company, you need to shun this bad company. So there are a couple of things that I may want to ask you in this moment. Are there friends you need to walk away from today? Are there people you need to just break ties with? You cannot continue being a party to their crowd. Are there social media platforms you actually need to walk away from? You need to close them, get off some WhatsApp groups because they are not helping you to grow in the new life. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What is influencing your life? So for us to grow in this new life, it's important for you and I to shun 
bad company. Refuse to be party to the wrong crowd. But let's be with those who inspire us. Actually, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse 22, it says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It's important for you to be able to shun the, the crowd that doesn't build you. So, so what are some of the practical things you can actually do? Number one, be part of a cell group. At Watero Church, we have our small cell groups where we meet in the community. Be a part of that group of believers in the community. But also, find an accountability partner. Find somebody who is able to, you know, challenge you in the things of God. But the other one, tell people uh, about your stand as a believer, as someone who is born again, and also be deliberate about the kind of company uh, that you keep. It's very, very important. So secondly, after we have talked about shunning uh, bad company, the other way that you can grow in the new life is delight in God's word. This is what the psalmist tells us in verse 2. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted by the streams of water, ready to bring forth fruit in its season, and its leaves shall not wither. And everything he does shall prosper. If you and I are going to grow in this new life, we actually have to delight in the word of God. What does that actually mean? It means you and I have to be very intentional to read the Word of God, all right? Study the Word of God and be careful to obey the Word of God. Obeying the Word of God actually means you have to believe what the Word of God says and you actually have to act upon what the Word of God says. For you to come to a place of delight, it's not an overnight success. It actually takes some work. You actually have to read the Word of God and over and over again. You have to find that place where you say, I'm not doing it out of duty. I'm not doing it out of just a discipline. I am delighting in reading the Word of God, obeying it, and doing what it tells me. And the Bible tells us, such a person will bear much fruit because they are growing in the new life. Let's think about it like this. Think about your body. For your body to grow, you need to feed. You need to give it food. And that's how your body will grow. If, it does, if, if you're not feeding your body, you'll probably uh, struggle with some malnutrition or something like that. Uh, but let's put it in a better way. Think about a baby. If you don't give that newborn baby breast milk, they will not grow. The same is for you and I who are living the new life. We have to be able to feed on the Word of God. We have to be careful to obey it. We have to believe it and ensure that we act upon it. We do what it says. Listen, when you obey the Word of God, you allow Holy Spirit to work in you. He then fills you and He refreshes you. Think about it like this. The Word of God is full of God. Jesus is called the Word made flesh. So the Bible would be God in words. And when you read the Word of God, you are feasting on spiritual food. And like Jesus clearly said when he was tempted by the devil, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, he said, 
man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if we are going to grow in this new life, we actually have to delight in the word of God. So what are some practical things that you and I can do in order to delight in the word of God so that we grow in this new life? Number one, get a Bible. <laughs> get a Bible, read it, okay, open it. I mean a physical Bible. I know most of us have the Bible app and that's great, but I would love to encourage you to get a physical Bible for yourself but also set aside time for you to be able to read the Word of God, uninterrupted time. But also all throughout your day, think about the Word of God. Meditate on it and then act on what it says. Friends, if you should do that, you will grow in the new life. And finally, the other thing that we see, first we said for you to grow in the new life, uh, you have to be able to shun bad company. Secondly, we have said you have to delight in the Word of God. And finally, you have to be planted in the house of God. Psalm 92 and verses 12 to 13, this is what it says. I like Psalm 92. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Listen, if we're going to grow in this new life, we have to be planted in the house of God. You see, the church is the body of Christ where you and I as believers need to belong, where you and I as believers are safe to grow. The church is the body of Christ. It is the body of Christ in which he speaks, acts and fills everything with his presence. So those who are planted in the house of God will flourish in the courts of our God. Like I love to say, they will be like ox of righteousness planted in his house. I'd love to think of it like this. Think of a plant. If you planted uh, a seed in the ground and it started to sprout, it started to come up. And as it comes up to become a plant, you keep transplanting it. You move it from this soil to this soil to this soil to this soil. Listen, it doesn't matter whether where you move that seedling, uh, the, the soil gets more and more fertile, it will not grow. Its root system will not develop. It will always remain vulnerable. And so when the elements, the sun and, and the heat kick in, it will not be able to survive. Why? It needs to be planted in the same soil for its root system to be developed and for it to be able to benefit from the sun, the water, and the minerals in the soil. It needs to stay in one place for it to be able to grow. The same is with you and I. We have to be planted in the house of God. We have to find a church and be planted. So if you're going to experience this new life, you're going to experience this growth in the new life, you have to be planted in the house of God. It's a, it, it's a common thing today for believers to move from this church to this church to this church, from this pastor, from this fellowship. To, I think it is important for you. I believe it in my heart that it's important for you to be planted in a Bible-believing church. Stop moving from one place to another. You will not actually grow. You will not develop. The new life that we experience 
will always come with numerous temptations and challenges and setbacks. But if you are not planted, you will not weather the storms and the trials and challenges that will come. The fire that comes to test you will not actually refine you. It will consume you. That's why it's important for you as a believer to be planted in a local church you call your home church. Go to that church. Be a member in that church. Here at Wachoto Church, we say join a small cell group. That's how we know you're a member of Wachoto Church. Serve there. Return your tithes and offerings in that local church where you are. Do life with the people there. And guess what? As iron sharpens iron, so does man sharpen fellow man. As you do life with people in the confines of a congregation, in a local church, you will actually grow in the new life. So be rooted in your local church. Attend regularly and you will see yourself grow in this new life. And so I am grateful. I've said just three things from Psalm 1 and verse 1 to 3 and, and Psalm 92 that for you to be able to grow in the new life, Number one, you have to shun bad company. Number two, you have to delight in God's word. And finally, you have to be planted in the house of God. And if you should do that, please watch with me. You will actually grow in the new life. Are you growing in the new life? Do you see yourself fruitful in this new life? And if not, you may want to check and see whether you are actually growing. We started by saying, Jesus Christ came and died on that cross. He was buried and he rose again. He died for your sins and my sins. And he came that we may have life and have that life abundantly. That's the fruitful, successful life he wants you and I to have. The only way we're going to have that life is if we grow in the new life that God has actually given to us. But I may ask you this other question. Are you on a journey? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you living the new life? And if you have not, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you could, would you pray with me right now? So let's pray together. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner and I need a savior. Today, I open up my heart to you. Would you come into my heart? Forgive me of my sins. I choose you and give my life to you. I confess that I am now born again. No longer will I live for the world. I will live for you. In Jesus' name I prayed and all God's children said, Amen. If you prayed that prayer for your very first time, you have just opened up your heart to Jesus. You are now born again. Please do let us know. Write to us. Connect at watotochurch.com. We want to be able to get in touch with you and help you to be able to start on this journey of the new life. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and may you continue to grow in the new life. Thank you for listening. We hope this sets you up to live a truly blessed life. Tune in next time as we continue to explore the scriptures and learn how we can overcome fear with our faith. For comments and feedback or counseling, 
write to connect at